You're listening to Dental Student Vibes. What is going on, guys? You all might be wondering why you're not hearing Seth's voice today, and that is because I am extremely excited to be recording here today in the great state of Texas. Today, our guest is Dr. David Crumpton. Dr. Crumpton has been my mentor dating back from 2015. He was extremely instrumental in my path towards getting accepted into dental school, as well as providing valuable information and support throughout my time here at dental school thus far. Dr. Crumpton has lectured and trained thousands of other dentists over his career. His educational lectures span over various technological aspects of dentistry, including CIRAC 3D technology, which will be very valuable for us in the future. Dr. Crumpton has practiced dentistry for 25 years, performing a wide range of procedures in his office, including sleep apnea therapy, digital smile design, veneers, cosmetic dentistry, dental implants, and many others. You can visit Dr. Crumpton's website at www.davidcrumptondds.com. Along with this, be sure to follow him on Instagram at davidcrumptondds. In the first of this two-part interview, Dr. Crumpton discusses the challenges of managing a private practice, some of his favorite procedures, as well as the importance of seeking a mentor as a pre-dental and dental student. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram at dental.student.vibes, on Twitter at dentalstudentvibes, and last but not least, Facebook, where you can search for us, Dental Student Vibes. Again, we are extremely grateful to have Dr. Crumpton take time out of his schedule to sit down with us, and we hope you all enjoy this episode. Thanks, guys. All right, Dr. Crumpton, it's great to see you. It's Good been morning. A while. <laughs> it's been a while. Since yesterday. Still rubbing your eyes? Yes. <laughs> Tired from up. the week? Oh, you wake me up at 6 a.m. to be here at 6.30. I know. No, I felt bad when you said you were coming in early to do the recording <laughs> just for us. <laughs> you guys are worth it. Yeah, no, we appreciate having you on, and um, we're going to dive right in. So, can you tell us how long you've been practicing dentistry uh, for? 24 years. 24 years. Graduated in 95, so I've been in private practice since... Uh, well, here in the state of Texas, it used to be you, you got your license about three months after you graduated. <laughs> so it was close to 96 when I started. So That's crazy. So did you have like a delay in between being able to practice? Yes, you did. God. So here you are. You have your doctorate. You don't have a license in your waiting tables. Or I, was, I did a dental assisting. Oh, did you really? Yeah, so I worked in a dental office until I got my license. Okay. And then what was the step after that? Uh, practice. Practice. Yeah. And then you got going straight off the bat. Is it a different feeling once you're graduated and then you're officially working on patients and you have that responsibility as well? You know, everybody's going to view it a little bit differently. Um, you know, I went to go purchase a practice and so I was teaming up with a partner at the time and then he was going to sell me the, the practice within a year. So he was going to, I was going to buy that and purchase that practice. So I had some backup, uh, not that I needed it. Uh, but the guy, the gentleman knew the patients and all that stuff as of doing the dentistry, I had no problems with it. Uh, by the time you're out, you should, you should, you should gain your confidence level. The more, you know, and the, the closer you get to, uh, graduating, your confidence level should be up a, a lot more, uh, a lot more to do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, since you've been practicing for 24 years, I'm sure you've seen so many different types of procedures and performed a lot of different types of procedures. Is there any that like stand out more to you and 
like any in particular that you enjoy doing more than the others? Uh, you're going to find out. What you're going to find out is the longer you're in the game, um, the, uh, certain things are going to stand out to you more than others at different times. Right. Things are going to bore you. They're going to become old hat. And then you're going to you're going to enjoy them less. Something else is going to stand out. Right now, for me, it's, it's uh, implants and bone grafting. I mean, I read my office has CBCT. Uh, we're a very highly digital office. So the fun about that is incorporating guided, guided surgeries uh, in bone grafting. It, it's just been a blast over the last couple of years. So it just, that stands out. It's tweaking it. It's about setting the patient up for the appointment. Okay. They don't see, you know, the, the couple of hours you do designing the case. And then they come in and literally the last implant I placed guided was 15 minutes. Wow. Start to finish. Wow. It was no, uh, th that one didn't have any bone grafting, but you know, you walk in, you numb the patient and I put in the implant and I was out the door. Patient was here for 30 or 40 minutes, but if you're doing this and you understand what you're doing and, and doing guided surgeries, it, they're becoming easier and easier. Right. So, um, sorry, go ahead. So it, it's, it's, it's high, it, as the practice owner, then when you're seeing you're placing an implant in 15 minutes and you're charging 15 to $1,800, do the math. Yep. That times four is your hourly profit, your hourly production, if you could do it back to back to back to back. But still, if you're doing one implant now, one implant in the next hour, your your hourly production is huge. Yeah, I can imagine. I think that's uh, one of the things that is cool with dentistry is that they incorporate technology so much nowadays, and then it's consistently progressing over time. And you see all these different things that you can use to just really guide you even more. Yeah. You see that in dentistry, <laughs> you you see it because you're now in the educational atmosphere. But when you get out and you're in, in my position, you're going to see people who don't. You're going to still see, I still see doctors using dip tanks to really? process X their x-rays. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's crazy. I mean, they, they don't embrace technology. And that's the bad part, because if you're not starting to pay attention and watch it and position your practice, uh, I always want to position my practice to sell. Okay. So I work very hard at paying attention to what's going on, keeping up to date, because if anything is to happen to me, if I step off the bus and get hit by the car, my practice has got to be able to sell to somebody. and. You always want to position it to keep it to the top dollar. I mean, you don't want to be morbid and think about it, have to think about it, but you're a business owner. Those things have to play into your part if you want to have a successful business because that's what all companies are doing. They're, they're staying relevant for, and, and adjusting to stay relevant, and you have to do that in dentistry. Okay. That's fantastic to know because I think some of the things that, whether it be a dental student or even a practicing dentist, there's things like that that we maybe don't take into consideration that we should because you have to be conscious of everything that's going on around you. You have to be conscious. <laughs> you have to be conscious, yeah? Yeah, or exactly. you're you going to get hit by the car. <laughs> <laughs> so how do, you, how do you stay motivated doing dentistry and, you know, like managing your office and things like that? Motivation 
It can be viewed two ways. And I think what, what people mostly go by is the emotional aspect of motivation. So right now with all, with all you guys that are at school, motivation is learning something and being shown something. So when you see something, it, it all emotional, it does an emotional spark in you. Either you like it or you hate it. You know, that's just the way we're geared. Right. Okay. If you like it, you're drawn to it. If you hate it, you're just not going to do anything with it. So the best thing to do is if you have that emotional spark and you like it, then you look into it. Okay. So you're going to have that aspect of it. You're going to see something in marketing or advertising. Something's going to come across your door, your, your computer, some piece of marketing. You're going to go to a trade show and then you're going to look into it. So if it's a piece of technology, I'm going to go and I'm going to look at that technology. Does it make my life easier? Uh, is it going to make me better? Okay. If it's a, if it's a, if it's education wise on doing a technique, then you look at it that way. Okay. So the other aspect is the non-emotional side. You have to create your motivation. Right. Okay. Um, what I see with most people is we're young, you know, I'm, I'm being in practice for 50, for 25 years and being on the north side of 50. Uh, people don't, at, at the younger age, you don't understand it just yet, but you will. Okay. You will, because right now everything's fresh, new. Technology changes so quick, so you're, you're, you're always adapting to something new. But with being motivated... You have to find something to motivate you every day, whether it's your staff, whether it's a new technique and treatment procedures. So you have to make the motivation yourself. Right. And usually the way to make motivation is in dentistry, the easiest thing is just to take a lot of CE. Okay. Find that one thing, find that one thing in your practice. And, and someone told me this a long time ago, and I'm going to use their, their, their uh, phrasing on it and and most people get it after you say it, but it's a little crude. You know. <laughs> Let's go for okay. it. I want to hear this. It's, it's embrace the suck. Okay. Embrace what sucks. Yeah. In your practice. If you embrace it, you learn about it, 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 it it's better for you. I mean, it's, it's you have that annoying staff member, embrace them. Learn them. Learn, learn why. If they're having a bad day, there's an outside reason. And the more you come attached to that outside reason or to their, their life, the more, the more they'll talk with you and the more you can help them and, and the more you can get out of them. So then if there's a procedure you hate, I know dentists hate, a lot of them hate root canals. And, and basically a lot of them suck at doing them. Okay. But they got to embrace it. So embrace that thing you hate and learn about it. And the more you learn about it, the better you become at it, the easier it is, the less you hate it. Okay, because what people don't understand is, is a root canal, high profit, low cost. Yeah. It's one of the things that can, in, in an hour, if you can do a bicuspid, a bicuspid, a two root, single root, or a three root root canal and a crown prep in an hour and a half, which I typically do. And then you seat the crown at the other day. You gotta look at it that way. A crown and a root canal—that's high production. You can you can chunk down fifteen hundred to two thousand in an hour. A patient's gonna be paying you, so you have to embrace the things that you don't like, or those things are gonna just kill you. I can imagine, yeah, because I think um, we can sort of relate to something like that because 
for me, uh, when I did my first class two prep, dropping the box was such a nightmare. And uh, I think it motivated me because I wanted to make sure I was really, really good at it. Because I hate not being good at things. Yeah. Uh, most most people after their first month at dental school yeah. are embracing the suck. <laughs> <laughs> we have a twist, right? Yeah, you, have you, to do it. you didn't know what you're getting into. <laughs> and then it hits you like a big plank in the face, a big old piece of wood just hitting you in the face and or brick. Because I remember I was texting you a couple of times. I was like, Man, I keep nicking the adjacent tooth. I don't know how fast down I'm supposed to go. Like, what am I supposed to? Eat? What am I supposed to do? What's my first approach? And uh, luckily, I was able to get some good advice from you because I think I always have the tendency to overthink things or overcomplicate things. So, you said this to me even the other day. You're like, keep it simple. Yeah, you're gonna notice too if you get. You know, we 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 basically learn the same things that MDs do when yeah. I was at school. And a lot of people don't understand that. We ha- you have systemic diseases. We have to learn all the systemic diseases. You're going to find one. You're going to watch your classmates. Dude, I got a lump on my skin. <laughs> it looks just like that. I think I've got cancer too. And, you know, and it's just a mole. Oh, my nose is running. I think I have a tumor. You know, it, it, brain sounds- tumor. It, it's, it's all... It, it's funny because you're going to go through system and everybody's going to have the disease that you're learning about at that time. Or at least somebody in your class <laughs> yeah, is going to yeah. have it. So that's just the deal. It's just the way everybody overthinks it in dental school because uh, I don't know. You're at LECOM, so I don't know how they are. But I went to Baylor, and Baylor keeps you hopped up and hyped all the time. I mean, it was it was go, go, go. Um, we had bells to be at class. We had bells if you're tardy. Had, they they kind of ran it back in the 90s still like they did in the 60s, you know. If yeah, we have a similar uh, system over there as well. And I think it's, it's good because it kind of installs discipline into you as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, everyone's undergraduate experience is completely different. So they might not necessarily be, uh, I don't know, I guess it, it requires a certain discipline in any profession. But um, I think being able to learn that while you're at school keeps you a lot more prepared for the future. Um, but you know, speaking of, uh, confidence levels and just trying to master things, uh, was there anything that you focused on in particular, uh, that helped you feel even more prepared coming out from school? Yeah. Uh, and when I coach, you know, coach younger people about it, uh, I talk to them about it and confidence is a decision. You have to decide whether you're good or bad. Okay. okay. And remember I said you have to embrace those things you don't like. Yeah. That's a confidence thing. If okay. you don't like something to get confident, you got to get better at it. Right. Okay. So you have to make a conscious decision. Okay. Everyone that's in dental school right now should have the confidence that they should be there. Right. I mean, they selected y'all. Right. Y'all paid the dues. You did the testing. You got the grades. You did the homework. So everyone should have the confidence that they, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm here. You don't want to have a crappy attitude and say, oh, I deserve to be here. That's the wrong attitude because that'll kick you in the teeth when you get out because your staff won't want to follow you and, and patients won't like you if you're arrogant. But you should have the confidence right now that I'm here because I earned it and I'm going to earn my way out again. Okay. So you're going to earn your way out to graduate to practice dentistry. Once you graduate... You're, you're entitled to do whatever they taught you at school. Yeah. 
you're entitled to do that. You, That's a lot. You, you get a things. state board. <laughs> you're like, yeah. This is the dangerous part. Yeah, is the you know you you kind of kind of got to pay attention at school and you got to do what the technique they told you. Okay. It's not a hundred percent. Like I do composites. I don't do amalgam. So my amalgam. I don't do amalgam preps. I I prep for composite. So, but you still got to do that. So your confidence level is, you have to make the decision you're confident. That's it. A lot of people, if they don't have confidence, it's not, it's nothing other than lacking the decision to just change their mind, change the mindset that I've, I've learned this. I know how to do it. Let's put my hands to it and let's get it done. Yeah. Okay. Technique, dental technique, you're walking out of dental school knowing the basics but after that you have to learn more yeah i mean realistically the way i looked at it is when i got my dental license it was actually a license to learn right you're you're so i i'll use this example i don't want to say you're behind the curve but you're a little bit behind the curve right okay at dental school because dental school has to teach you towards a test Okay. They have to get you, they have to make you competent in what you're doing, and then you have to pass your boards. Right. So they're teaching you towards a test. Oh, okay, fine. But then afterwards, you have to learn on your own. Okay. So I got out of dental school and I started my first practice. I was all digital back then, 24 years ago. Straight off the bat. Straight off the bat. Everything was all digital. Um, digital x-rays, computers and all the ops, intro cameras everywhere. So I was always digital right off the bat. So uh, most people don't know, but I lectured for nine years for Patterson and Sirona on on Serac. Uh, and so when I, was, I toured the country, lecturing everywhere, and then I got back, invited back to my, my dental school to help them do a uh, technology day. Really interesting. And, and they had just put in all digital in two ops. Really? For for the grads to use. Wow. Grad students. I'm like, they're like, isn't this cool? I'm like, dude, you're 10 years behind. <laughs> they're like, what? I go, I go, I got out of school. I did, did this 10 years ago. Yeah. And they're like going, well, at least we're doing it now. And I'm like, well, what about the last 10 years of class? <laughs> you failed them. I mean, computers are cheap. Yeah. Even back about 10, you know, 15 years ago, computers were cheap. Yeah. They could have had slowly incorporated more and more in. They didn't have to do a bulk buy. Um, and that's the same way at your office. You can slowly incorporate things in. You don't have to do bulk buys. Do you think a lot of people are des- so desperate to get things as soon as they graduate? It's like, okay, I need to have this machine. I need to have this machine. I need to have this machine. If they end up starting a practice straight out of school, which I know yeah. is probably a bit more rare these days. Yes, they're, <laughs> yes, they're gonna do that. Yes, they're gonna ha- they're gonna want to have all the bells and whistles, but the problem is bells and whistles have a price. Okay. And if you're not gonna use them properly, that bell and whistle is gonna be a boat anchor. I can imagine because it's a big investment. Yeah, and then you watch people when they when they get in over their head. That's when ethics and morality change. Okay. You can either do it ethically or you can do it unethically. I watch so many guys get out of school, go to work for somebody and get paid on commission. And everybody has perio, everybody needs, and they don't. Yeah. They overdiagnose so that they can 
line their pockets. And that's the one thing that, that your reputation is everything. Dentists, there's dentists everywhere because I'm in the city, but your reputation is everything. If, if, if you want to be referred to, your number one, you want your number one referral source to be an existing patient. Okay. Okay. Because that's the cheapest form of marketing you have. Someone who likes you telling their friends. But if you're not protecting your reputation and doing things correctly and you make decisions based on what I want to put in my practice versus taking the time to earn it, and you get in over your head, you start compromising your judgment. I just see it over and over and over again. We get patients all the time coming from other dentists. They want a second opinion. I'll get the radiographs from the other dentist. I'll sit the patient down. I'll comp, give them free bite wings. And I'll walk them through both sets and say, hey, this is what a cavity looks like. Yeah. <laughs> there's their x-rays, there's mine. Do you see any cavities on you? Nope. Yeah, I don't either. It happens It happens monthly, weekly. Yeah, and I can speak to that experience too because I remember there was a, a dentist that I went to close by to home one time and he diagnosed eight cavities for me. And then I went to another dentist and it turned out I only had one cavity. Yeah. So... I mean, eight cavities versus one, the price difference is huge. And it's, it's scary that a lot of people can get taken advantage of like that just because of... Uh, and if I remember right, he just built a new building. Oh, uh, really? Well, I mean, he was at that new building. Oh, right? that's right. Yeah, so it was. was, it was. Building. So, yeah. See, so he's trying to pay the bills. Second maybe. location, new building. He, you know, so the price is up there. So he has to do something to cover his overhead. Yeah. yeah. And he's resorting to techniques that shouldn't... Yeah. Shouldn't be in, in our field, at least. Exactly. Um, so I know uh, something that was really, really beneficial for me was, um, for those of you who don't know, I've been uh, shadowing Dr. Crumpton for the last four years or so, which is crazy because the times flew by. Um, and he was uh, gracious enough to uh, take me to a lot of uh, different places and dental schools to visit, introduce me to some of the staff over there, administration. Uh, do you have any tips for listeners going through the dental school process in terms of anything they should try and build right now. So like a pre-dental student, should they try and seek out a mentor as well? Uh, I agree with that part. That's huge. Uh, you have someone who's aspiring you to be in, 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 in dentistry. I kind of knew I had a, my path was uh, a little bit different. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a country kid, uh, born and raised poor, thought I was going to, you know, farming and ranching and thought I was going to be a, I could be either a uh, surgeon or an attorney. I, I can argue with the best of them. Uh, if you want to, you can ask my wife. Uh, uh, that and or a surgeon. I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I got there. Okay, so, and then I made the decision to go into dentistry. So people either have family that's mentoring them. They already are dentists, orthodontists, or surgeons. That's fine. But if you don't, my, my guy who inspired me was... I had two great dentists growing up. Okay. Okay, and, and it's it's going to be kind of sound odd because there's so much pressure in this job. Yeah. I mean, it's a high pressure, high stress job. Definitely. And uh, it's mental. It's mentally taxing. At the end of the day, you're you're tired because you're not wanting to hurt people. People don't like you. Then they walk in, and they think you're all about the money. Okay. You know, for me, I show up every day to make sure people are healed and taken care of. Make sure my staff has a nice life. And then I'm I'm last. Okay. I literally put myself last. So you sacrifice a lot. Yeah. I, you know, in the beginning, I would pay my staff 
before I pay me. Right. I know the payoff is going to be in the end. Okay. So I know at the end of the month, I'm still probably going to most likely be able to pay my bills at some point in time. But I had to feed them first. So I always put myself last. And then when that pays off, after, you know, if you have to do that, you just have to do that. There's some dentists that pay themselves first. So you want to get a good mentor if you can. Okay? Yeah. I really do recommend that now after mentoring with you and a couple other people. Uh, I do this quite frequently. You're not the first one. You're about the fourth or fifth yeah, as I'm kid down. that I've worked with. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, that's about the best advice I could give because, one, I didn't have it. And it helps you do the path and the course the right way. Yeah, absolutely. If you, can, if you can't, just jump in. That's why I can attest to, too, because um, there's so many things not even just related to dentistry, but just how you should be as a person that I've learned from you. And um, I think the inspiration that I got when I first started chatting you was seeing how you are selfless. And I think you've still continued to practice that even from when you were saying you got out when you first started your practice, you still do that to this day because I've been able to see it over the last four years as well. So uh, I think um, a lot of people don't really get the opportunity to see things like that because um, as a dentist, you're not just practicing dentistry. There's so many other things that you're involved in. You're you're a uh, you're a dentist. You you're a priest. You hear confessions. Patients confess to you, <laughs> and yes, they confess to you stuff outside dentistry. You get to hear hear stuff and see stuff that you don't really want to sometimes. Okay. And and so I've heard of. Uh, you put people on Halcyon, and I've heard stories about what they do on the weekend. So, but yeah, they confess to you. And then you're there to help your staff. I mean, they have a personal life. They bring it to work, unfortunately. But the sooner you can get it out and get it done, get it over with, the sooner it goes away for them. Yeah. So if you're there for your staff, you're a lot of things. Uh, a couple other things. You got that one. Um, the other biggest thing is focus. Okay. Okay. When I was in dental school, we had a kid. He asked me to help him study. Okay, great. I'll study with you and we'll work. We'll work on studying. So I looked down at his notes and the handouts and he had like five or six different colors of highlighters. I'm like, what are the highlighter colors? I go, well, this one means this, this one means that, this one means this. I'm like going, why don't you focus on the work instead of your highlighters? <laughs> so he flunked out. He didn't make it through first year. He has more concerned with being so organized and putting everything to the point. The stress. Yeah of it overwhelmed him yeah that he over organized and focused on that so the focus is on the most immediate okay get that most immediate thing done yeah the next test yeah there's a test after that one but guess what focus on the first one focus on the next one you're gonna have a practical yeah focus on that one they're always going to be something if you focus on the whole it's overwhelming. If you focus on the day, just the old saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Yeah. You got to do it through dental school. That's the only survival instinct you should have after that. Guess what? That's life. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. One day at a time. Because every time I walk in the door, it's, hey, good morning, everybody. And then either the poop hits the fan or <laughs> you, and at the end of the day it's great or the poop hits the fan at the end of the day it's not so great yeah 
So, I mean, once you walk into your dental practice, you can walk in, you can have a full day, you can have the best day of production planned out, and then your patients decide not to come. Yeah. And then you have the worst day of your life, and you're sitting there pulling your hair out because you bought too much crap, and you got to pay your bills. Yeah. So don't be that guy. Yeah, that's uh, that's what's interesting to me is because I think when I started school, you know, I was just used to just doing science. But then now you're incorporating actually doing things hands-on. So you have to find the right balance of, okay, how should I attack this? How should I attack this? So I started adopting that approach probably a little bit, maybe like a few months into the first semester. And um, that helps me a lot when you just focus on the immediate task at hand because then things stay like in front of you rather than you stressing about what's to come. You just really focus on that and then you stay prioritized on things like that, you know? It, it, it just helps. Yeah. It, today. I mean, first thing I had to do is meet Cassim. I'm focusing <laughs> on that. Next task, I'll start running an office. Exactly. That's the cool thing about it is right now I'm catching you before you're doing the dentistry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that was the first of our two-part interview with Dr. David Crumpton. Please be sure to keep an eye out for part two sometime next week. We greatly appreciate all the support that you guys have provided for us over the past few months. It's been a privilege for us to share valuable information as well as our own experiences in dentistry thus far. If there's anything that we can do to help you guys out, we're here. You can find us on Instagram at dental.student.vibes, Twitter at dentalstudentvibes, and on Facebook where you can search for us, Dental Student Vibes. Thank you again for listening and we'll catch you all very soon. Bye.